The Ringer Wrestling Show is getting you closer to all things pro wrestling. The Masked Man Show with David and Kaz drops every Thursday on the feed, along with a new show hosted by pro wrestling superfan Evan Mack called Mac Mania. Plus, hear instant reactions to all the biggest WWE pay-per-view events with our post-pay-per-view shows. Check out The Ringer Wrestling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello, Wembley. (laughs) You know something, went to the Jingle Bell Ball. (laughs) If I fucking hear one more person say, Hey London, how you doing? <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House on Ring RC. I hope you're all safe and well. Today we're going to talk about the OBA situation after the news of him being stripped of the Arsenal captaincy. Then we're going to be chatting about the Barclays WSL and we are also going to give flowers to Mr. Raheem Sterling. And my guests today are the one and only Flo Lloyd Hughes. Florence, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Cool. And Ryan Hun, how are you? Hey man, how are you? I'm really cool. What's happening? What's happening, Flo? I like your jumper that you're wearing today. It's very cool. This is the one, man. This is kind of like... um, it's 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 out there because that's how I feel. This, see this jumper? It's kind of mm. like how my, how, where my head is right now. It's it's beautiful and out there and camouflaged. I just want to, you know, I want a description. Can I want a description. Yeah. See it on the screenshot. That's 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 who I'm. For listeners, it's a it's a it's a camouflage Adidas hoodie. Yeah, it's it's very fetching. Very bright little logo at the front. It's yeah, it's very fetching. Everything right he wears, it's very. It's funny because I've been having to be quite careful with with music because certain certain songs this week just trigger you and kind of make you feel like. So, but then I, 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 in the way the way it's gone, it's just everything's kind of like just moved quite nicely and smooth, and everybody's really. The thing is, is that when everybody knows what's happened to you, you know, you're walking on the street, so then. You're, it's constantly remind you're constantly reminded, um, which I wasn't really, um, I weren't ready for because mm. then at any stage you, you slip into them, into that moment because they 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 just send you back to the fact that your mum's gone. But 
it's been really good because people have been really kind of cool. Well, and you wouldn't expect them to be any different, but um, it's 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 been weird. I can't even. I don't even know how to say. I'm, I'm probably. St- I'm still. It's a process. Yeah, I was going to say it's a process. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's a process. It's, it's a pro- so, in nothing. You know, but it's um, it's it's just quickly. like when everybody feels for you. Can mm. I tell you something that makes me feel quite like pissed off with it? Or, is that you know they very they're very nice and then people say yeah it's really cool. Now, how old was she? And you say yeah she's ninety three. And then it's like. Oh, well, that's all right then. People are so fucking cold, man. Just, she's 93. Yeah, great innings, man. You know I mean? People it's love like, saying that, it. don't they? People who have never watched cricket in their lives love making the cricket metaphor about death. It was like great innings. Yeah, great innings. It's like, you don't even great know what innings, innings means. Tell me what innings is. And they'll be like, oh. oh. God. <laughs> I had that a couple of years ago when my grandma died and she was 92, I think, when she passed. I was really close to her and she was really, really lovely, my grandma. And I was, you know, same thing, saying to people, yeah, you know, my grandma was really lovely, yeah, but she mm. passed and we were really close and stuff like that. And it's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. How old? And you say 92 and, it, and they just kind of go, hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like, it tries like, to like no, yeah. like, no, it's not like, no. don't, don't try and, why are they trying to soften? What is, oh, t- t- what, is that meant to kind of give you comfort? Listen, that, yeah. Don't well, neg in grief. <laughs> Don't. That's not the time. Making grief. Oh God! And then yesterday I had to do this quick nine night thing, and there's a couple of people. I had to. I just had to kind of shut them down, and I don't normally do it, but my mum's kind of wake, and people wanted. People still wanted selfies, bro. Mm. You know what I mean? I said to them, "Are you serious?" I said, "What? What are you going to say to people? This is what. This was at his mum's wake. It's at his mum's like nine night. Yeah, this is what he's. I said. I said to them, seriously, what do you want me to smile? What, what, what? I said, Jesus. But the thing is, I know these people because I grew up with them. I said, what's, fu- what's fucking wrong with you, man? This is mummy's thing. You know, I, and mm. that's the kind of stuff what makes me, that kind of brings me back and makes me go, <laughs> but like, you mm. know, it's all good. It's all good so far. I'm quite pleased to be doing, doing this here because it's such a cool, safe space for me. But what's happening, man? What are we saying? What are we talking about? What do you want to, what do you want to start with? We can talk about Aubameyang. We have to talk about Aubameyang. Because of everything that's happening, but you know what, I do feel for him, especially now that um, with um, with him being stripped, I do love Oba. Oba loves the club. He loves every. He knew that this contract, what he was signing, was one where I remember doing it with him on the pitch, mm-hmm. guys. I was on a pitch of him talking about legacy and what he's trying to do now. You know, whether it's a, a problem with turning up late for a couple of things or. You know, like, wait, I don't know, Flo, you know, like with, like me with the missus, when, when she's caught me and I'm like, you know something? And you're in the doghouse. Uh, yeah, you've got me. You've got me. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm, I've argued with you now for four days and you're, and you're right. So I'm just going to take it on the chin and can we move on from it? Because I think that people now, guys, they just want to harbour on it now. They want to like, right, oh, but, oh, Ozil, oh, what's going on? You know? They want to do that. And I just don't think that they should be, we should be doing that. Let him get on with it now. I don't even think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's you a think terrible it's a good, thing it's a good, It's a good chance to sort of hit the reset with him. I think so, because it's not like we've got someone in the wings who's absolutely killing it right now. You're hoping that Gabriel Martinelli can do it. You're hoping Balogun will get his chance and do it. Eddie Nketiah hasn't signed. Um, Lacazette looks like he might be moving on. We're not, cre- we're not creating chances. So, you look at it and you think to yourself, it wouldn't make sense to me. And it doesn't seem to make sense to me for Mikel to really put this in a place where there's no comeback from it. Mm. It doesn't, 
it doesn't make sense. So if if it means taking the captaincy off of him for this, because we may not know more what's gone on behind the scenes. And like I say, with myself, I've I've had it with George Graham, where George Graham has had to pull me up and say, listen, you fucking owe me something, man. Because like, you're, you know what I mean? A couple of things, what you've done and said, like I've called the boss some some things I can't even mention on here in front of the guys where he's pulled me up. We've had massive blazing arguments in front of him. He's called me in on the Monday. We've spoken about it. And he said, you're going to need to say something in front of the guys. Otherwise you're making me look really bad. And then you do that. And then he says, now you're going to have to fucking put in some performances for me because if you don't do that, then what's going to happen is, is that you're, the guys are seeing that you have got privileges that they've not fucking got. Mm. And you so think he's going to play of, though? Um, I think he should. I think he has to flow because like he's our main goal scorer. He's our, he's our guy. So he, I think he has to play, doesn't he? He has to play. So the main thing is, is it's come public. Maybe it didn't have to. I don't know. We, we, I don't know what you think, guys. But now it needs to be quashed, put to bed. For me, if I'm Obar, if I, if I spoke to Obar, I'd say, listen, if that's what it is, you can focus on scoring and why aren't I getting enough chances? You're paying me a phenomenal amount of money. Make me some more chances. Let me score goals and you'll see that I am fine. I often find the captaincy in England is quite a strange thing anyway compared to, say, on the continent. People get a bit obsessed by it, Yeah, they, they really do. But I also think that captaincy is a strange thing and I think different people respond to it in different ways. Like some people just cannot... Mm deal with that added responsibility but not because they're not not because they don't have the chops for it or anything like that but almost because they take it so seriously and again this is yeah. a criticism but they take it seriously that is they that responsibility is quite a weight on them i often find it's a little bit uh it can be quite tricky i think giving the captaincy to someone who has like for example already got a, a very specific responsibility like the mm. club's talisman in a striking sense yes who maybe yeah. isn't the the most out there tr- traditional kind of leader or senior member of the squad and i think you're adding an extra responsibility to them in order to, yeah. in addition mm. to something like scoring goals right that's why i think often defenders make quite good captains because they see all the game in front of them they're often quite physically yeah. the biggest center backs yeah. and the goalkeepers yeah. and also mm. they tend to be the most vocal throughout the team that's a huge. Uh, like, yeah, but right, we, we, we have we have had a kind of you know we we have had a tendency, right? Sorry to interrupt you. We have had a tendency of giving the captaincy to a player that that other people may want and is threatening. Maybe he could leave or it's a way we, to hold we've on. We've done to that them, a right? few times. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a olive branch. Yeah, it's like really because. But lots of other we, clubs do do it. Yeah. Yeah, but they have this leadership group as well, in there, which is quite a common thing in in modern football. I think that a lot of not people, not a lot of people, maybe realise is as common as it is. So that it's almost like a team committee. Like, there's not like the mm. captain and then the manager. That's not like the chain mm. of command, if you like. There will be a senior group, um, who is in that, and that's what happens when, for example, like when the captain's missing, one of them will mm. pick up the slack and take take the captain's armband and stuff. But mm. I don't know. I mean, going back to the Archer Wober thing, because obviously. He had a, a couple of run-ins at Dortmund, but I don't think there was anything too serious. A couple of lates here and no. there. Yeah. But um, I don't think it was anything particularly well because, you know, someone like Marco Royce, who is the club captain at Dortmund, loves him. And I don't mm. think Royce would be too fond of someone who fucks Dortmund about because Dortmund is yeah. his, using the club's motto, his Ecta Lieber, his true love. Ecta Lieber, man, his true love, baby. 
but I know he had that running with Tuckle, but I think Tuckle can be a prickly, a prickly character. But I think it's worth remembering that even though obviously Obama Yang is very well played and uh, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> he's, human, he's a human being as well, man. And he's gone yeah. through some shit over the last 18 months. Like his mum was really ill. He had to go yeah. back. Malaria. Yeah, he got malaria. He lost four kilos. He played football with malaria. With malaria. Like, listen. Yeah. There's not many listen, players can say that. How many of you have played football with malaria? Hey, hey, listen, if I have a, if I have the slightest hint of a sniffle, I'm out for a week. I'm like, sorry, I got We've risk. seen it. We've seen it with players now. I thought you were going to say you've seen it with play. me. I was like, when? No. <laughs> sorry, guys. No, Mikey's house. I'm the, out. I'm out. I've got, uh, I've got the slightest sniffle. I can't do the podcast. I'm really sorry. I can't make sorry. it. Sign me off. Stop but me. no, no, hey, no. Right. They both need each other. So, get, yeah, that's the one. When you're going, if I was playing now, I'll do that one. You know, on the way down, while I'm still rolling around, I'll be doing the substitution sign. <laughs> get me up. No, get me off. Get me off. Arm up. Get rolling the fingers around. Uh, total side point. But did you see um, Iago Aspas last week? He injured himself while scoring for Celta Vigo. Right. And realised that he, if he got one more book in, he faced a suspension. Oh, he, he just could took get, his shirt could, off while yeah. he was on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love players who are thinking on the fly like, like that. If you think yeah. about it, that's pretty, pretty I love that. Smart. Impressive, that impressive I do cerebral shit outsry. I love it. But yeah. I mean, what, what next now though? Because it'd be interesting to see how he bounces back from that. Is he going to play on Wednesday night? Uh, and Mikel said he wasn't in the press conference. He, he said he wasn't out of the yeah. squad at the moment. Yeah. And no, there's no, in, in, it, that's indefinitely. Yeah, there was no time frame on coming back. I hope it's not going to be that flow. I don't. Think, I hope it's not going to be like one of those, mm. like out in the cold fucking shit. Mm. Because we, like I say, Eddie Nketiah needs to do more. Laka, like I, that was his, his goal the other day. Our brilliant goal, what he scored, was his sixth shot on target all season. He's sixth, right? And you've got Abamyang, who's one of our greatest goal scorers um, in the club's history in respect of the speed in which he scores. If chances are being created. So it doesn't make sense to me um, for him to be ostracised for any serious amount of time. We cannot, Arsenal, go through another drama and saga of a player that we're play- paying enormous yeah, amounts of money for exactly. and not fucking playing them, right? So squash it, get it done, however it's got to be done. If Oba needs to, like, like I say, you know, just say to the missus, I'm sorry, you've got me on this one. Please, whatever you want. Yes, I'll sleep in the spare room. No what problem. Done. You know, this, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> you forget to let the bins out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't I told make the you up. they've got to go out on Thursdays. It's Friday. Uh, you know. Now we've got these bins for the, another week. You just see me and Nance racing out of bed in the morning sometimes, depending on who's taking the girls to school <laughs> to see who gets out of bed in first. Your dressing so gown. Last one out has to make Dude. the bed, and I hate making the bed, bro. I mean, I, I'm interested in the timelines on this because, like you said, given Arsenal's history with highly paid star being left out in the cold mm. and the like how terrible that was for both parties mm. they can't go, go down down that road again so mm-hmm. there's got to be there's got to be an end game on this he's already missed the game of the weekend the Southampton game mm-hmm. he's been stripped to the captaincy mm-hmm. he's Definitely missing this Wednesday's game, you said, yep. Ryan. So, like, when does this end? Because there's got to be an end point. Otherwise, it's, it's ridiculous. It has to and end then, soon, secondly, yeah. who now is going to wear the armband? Um, I'm probably going with Kieran Tierney. If I'm going to be totally you honest, think I, know that, I think I know that Tavares is is is, um, is now somebody that you're looking at and thinking, "Yep, 
I like him as well. So is Kieran an out-and-out number one choice? I don't know. Ben White? I don't know. I don't see Ben White speaking too much. Gabriel? Don't Gabriel's a shout. You know, we need some... Yeah. You, 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 I'm looking at Kieran Tierney simply because of, he plays and leads by example. And if he's fit, he probably makes every single team that I pick for Arsenal. Um, simply because of the way he plays. You're hoping that he could steer clear of injuries because if Kieran Tierney's fit, as good as Tavares is, and he's showing how good he is, yes, we've seen mistakes in certain games, but at the same time, he's somebody that's going to push him. But if we're talking about a captain that we want to look at on the pitch who is not afraid of balling into someone's face and telling them they're not doing this, and all, then it's probably Kieran Tierney should be the should be the. Do you the think he's got a big enough... Me. Personality, because he seems quite a quiet guy. Oh, yeah, yeah but the thing like... is, I think coming from Celtic um, and captain in Celtic, um, a massive club. I know that we're, we're talking about Scotland, and he knows the the what it takes to be able to captain a club of stature. Let's face I think there should be a rule that if you have a Glaswegian in the side, they automatically are captain. But, yeah, <laughs> or they're vice. Like, they'll be vice yeah. captain waiting to. Also, be though, it's a good job that now Arsenal have stopped that tradition that they used to have of the captain deciding whether they have long sleeves or short sleeves. Long or short sleeves. would be out there all winter with them in short sleeves. In short <laughs> sleeves. Like, That's like Tony Adams would do no that gloves. to us. No gloves. Doing like it's like minus eight. He's, he's, so he's basically, whoever's that... got the coldest blood should be captain. <laughs> exactly. Cold Rick James, baby. Oi. Cold blood. <laughs> to answer your question, Flo, without all this bollocks, what I'm talking, um, I, I probably, I would, I'd, go, I'd probably go with, with Kieran Tierney now that that's happened with Oba. Gutted for Oba. I'm not sure if it's something that he's, he should be too disappointed about because I think that he might, it might free him up yeah, because I, I totally so. go with what you say, Rai. You know, he's already burdened with the, the continually having to score those goals. Mm. You know, that's his job. And I don't think having the captaincy on top of that changes anything for him because he'll still be a mentor to the Sackers and Emma Smith Rose and this and that. But like in respects of a captain, I think that um, he's probably got someone in mind for him to do it like he's done it now. I mean, I, I've got a feeling it'll be Jacker initially until they figure it out. Yeah. There aren't exactly like a load of candidates at the moment because they're all emerging together. Which what about Ramsdale though? Like for I me, too soon. I know he's, he's only yeah. been there a very short mm-hmm. space of time. So I get that. But he's ha- he's, he already has to be a leader anyway because he's got to lead the defence and organise everyone. Vice he's captain very loud. Sure. Vice very captain. loud. But this is why I think maybe someone like Tierney's perfect. Knowing Arsenal though and the way that they've picked captains over the last 14 years, it will probably end up being, they'll make a dreadful decision and they'll just be like, we're going to give it Saka. It- <laughs> and he's like, oh, him, him, cut to him with the puppy, just like, oh. the puppy's just, just like, like oh, yeah, just runs off. <laughs> I'm hoping, you know what, for, 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 for Aubameyang's sake, I'm hoping like he said that, because the, I do get a vibe from, from Mikel that once he goes into that mode of the, the non-negotiables um, is something that when I heard it first, it made me think that's going to come back a, a few times. Because like, if he doesn't do something with Aubameyang, which I'm still f- really finding hard to grasp why it even had to be public in the first mm. place. Yeah, I mean, that's my main thing. But also I was watching press, uh, Mikel's press conference. He looked like he'd been through something. He looked like this had really got to him, actually. So something's gone on. Disappointed. Did he look, yeah, I'm not angry. Like, I'm very I, disappointed. Yeah, that's An it. angry parent. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, isn't it? Is that it looks to me like he's, 
I have to do yeah. this because mm-hmm. he's got to a point with the uh, with the lads, and you know something. I know I know exactly where he is because the lads, and because everybody's looking for that fucking, the weakest wildebeest. They're looking for that fucking weak link in the cra- in the in the whole um, crew. And if it's the manager, you lose the players. Mm. He can't afford to because that, that, that was it. He's trying to stamp down his authority. Cannot do it. Right? You cannot do it. Yeah. Because if you see that weakness, then the rest of the guys they fucking eat you up. You're gone. You're finished. It's tr- it is a tricky one for I think for us because we like Oba and we think he's a he he really loves the club and we feel like he wants mm. to be there and he he enjoys being there and he doesn't really he doesn't seem like a bad you know you never really hear anything mm. no. like bad about him he's, he's a, just like he's, he's been he's a late like, a couple of times of those, but you know he seems like a genuine sweetheart do you, do you ever do you ever he's think got Pogba uh, energy yeah. they love the life this on, could I know I know Ian you were saying that it's really important for Arteta to do this so that he doesn't lose the dressing room and they know mm. that he's the man in charge. Do you ever think when it comes to senior players, especially a player that was the captain, especially the player that's on the biggest pay packet, if you do this, he can take, and I'm not saying Aubameyang has to do this, but that player can potentially like take other players down with them and say, fuck this guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like, do you, do you ever think there's a risk with that? Because No, I'll tell no. you why. I'll tell you why, Flo. Because what, what you always have the... A, a risk of is players who are on the fringe who are not getting enough games. So you look at you look at someone like Pepe, and you might, depending on if you haven't got enough like guys in your corner, you get the guys who are nowhere near it, right out of it, who just naturally just vexed and pissed off because they're not getting anything. But in the main, if Ober has been, if he has been late and insubordinate and even with this particular one with his mum and he had to wait on Thursday, got back for training on time and all this stuff everything what he says is fine if there's been instances that we still don't know about that the players know then they will not he won't be able to take any players with him because if you're that player who goes with him knowing that you know what let's face it man like I said about the misses kind of being out of order you're, you're right then the players will say yeah but if we're going to be totally honest over you, you kind of fucked up there mm-hmm. Mm. That's that's the vibe I think will be happening, and then what that does for the players in respects of Mikel is saying yes for for a manager, a young manager, a very inexperienced manager in what he's doing at such a big club, he's kind of dealing with that right because Oba mm. is the biggest fucking star, is the he's our top goal scorer, he's our main man. We haven't got anyone else scoring, and the manager is willing to do that with him. Says to them he can fucking do whatever he wants with me then if that's the mm. case. So you kind of fall in line. So he's, 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 he's kind of been very clever with it. He's played it okay, Mikel. And we'll have to see how Oba reacts once he does come back in respect of his output and how he plays to see if Mikel has kind of like achieved what he's wanted to do. Is it a kiss and make up? What is it? I mean, how do you win has that? To be. How do you win it that? It has back? to be. We're paying him too much money for it not to be a kiss and make up. We haven't got anyone else who's scoring. But what does what does Aubameyang do? Is he, like you said, with, with, with George Graham, is it a knock on the door, I'm really sorry, I fucked up? It would, it would help. It would help because then the manager knows that he's humble enough to come in and do that. But ideally, you do it in front of the lads. Mm. Like mm. I would have to, like he would say to me, you're going to have to fucking help me because you're going to have mm. to say something in front of him. So then before we go out to training, say, listen, 
Some things were said after the game the other day, which was very much out of order. And I just want to say right now, <laughs> I, I apologize profusely. I apologize to the boss. And I just want to say to everybody, I, I, I'm totally, I've totally apologized for that. I've told the boss and it will not happen again. That's how you have to do it because then what happens is the lads will know that the manager said you fucking apologize in front of the boys because you've done it in front of the boys. So yeah. I've called you in. They know I've called you in. So now you apologize and you fucking make it right. You make it sincere as well. It's not one of those. Yeah. Listen, guys, I'm really sorry in that. He said, you fucking make it sincere. You, you apologize properly. And then the boss will say at the end, at the end of it, he didn't say it to me in the office. But at the end of my sincere apology, and by the way, he's been fined two weeks' wages. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, Jesus Christ, you didn't say that was going to happen. that, he catfished you. Yeah. He catfished you. Yeah, he, ca- he absolutely sucked me in. I was going to say, in terms of time frame, obviously, AFCON starts in, what? Yes. Three weeks? Yeah. Do you think mm. he's back? I don't so he's he probably ne- not back until after AFCON, right? Well, you know but what, then it's going to yeah. drag. The worst cases, this dragging just, on. Exactly That's what's frustrating. Is like exactly. they should. This never really. I think should someone be losing the captain's armband be the main headline on the BBC Sport page. That is that shouldn't be the main sport headline of the day. No. Someone losing the captaincy. But the fact that this is all anyone's talking about today, this is mm. back page stuff, is not a good look. It needs to be yeah, resolved because right. otherwise it's going to drag on. We know he loves Instagram and social media, which is fine. That's not a problem. But people mm. are going to be waiting for any single post of anything and writing writing okay, nothing yeah. about writing everything about nothing. Do you mm, know what I mean? It's yeah. like it it needs to there needs to be a resolution. Whatever happens, whatever me and George Graham, and that's why we're friends to this point. You know what I mean? That's why I love him and respect him so much. I could always, always feel. I can have a proper chat with him. Mm. That is, that is a must for me as a professional footballer and a top professional footballer with your manager. That channel must be fucking open continually. I, I, I hope that he is somebody that they can speak to like that, right? He's because be. I think you have to do it. He's he he has to be. Especially if he's got young players. I still believe that it, it might work out if it doesn't drag on. Because what you're ideally hoping for is decent form and then going into a, a period of the season where you actually do need him to mm-hmm. be scoring the goals. Because if we're going to face, if we're going to be totally honest, fourth place for someone is there for the taking. And you have to say at the moment with Ranić and Man United, and we know that their players are good enough. And now that they're going to be organised, you probably see them maybe going for fourth place. But at the same time, we're not a million miles away. We're not a million miles away. So you do, we need him. It's all right. Kits are nice. Yeah, man. We've got some great kits, bro. <laughs> if all else fails. If in doubt, drop another kit. Drop another kit. <laughs> if all else fails, drop another kit. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
still recovering from seeing you lot last week. Oh, what a moment! A little semi semi right his now right his house night out at uh, yeah. Arsenal or Barcelona. It was cool, wasn't it? It was really cool. A- Apart from the fact that, that, like, you know, I went there to see, um, obviously, seeing Barcelona in the flesh um, was was brilliant. The way Barcelona played flow with their, you watched them, and it was maximum two touch from everybody till they got into so maximum two touch. Arsenal couldn't get near them because. They, they they just couldn't get near them. They're just too too quick, too organised, and just too good. To the point where I tell you when it made me really feel like, man, this is really they're really out of their depth here, is that when Arsenal made a tackle and passed the ball forward, the crowd went fucking wild. I think it's mad as well how uh, two professional teams can play each other and one professional team that play in the same competition playing what you would think is quite a high standard and Barcelona made Arsenal look like children. They were bullied yeah. off the ball in every scenario. Mm. It was really mm-hmm. mind-blowing because I think you only really notice that stuff when you watch games in the flesh as well. I don't mm. think you get that on yeah. TV because we all watched no. that first group game. And I don't think, like we all saw the passing and the movement and how incredible that was, but we didn't see the physicality. And last Mm-mm. Thursday, you know, there were 12,000 people there in the Emirates as well that got to witness that. The physicality. Right. But the thing with them is, is that you, you can see that this team have been together for a long time. And they've been in the gym. Yeah. Like, they've, they've been honestly, in the gym. You know what? It's really, it's really interesting to say that because like the last time I saw Barcelona in the flesh was that 2019 final in Budapest. Mm. Yeah. And Leon did to them yeah. a very similar yeah, thing to true. what they did to Barcelona. Leon was blown away, and, yeah. But like Barcelona are a prime example of how much progress you can make with really smart decision making and really solid investment over a sustained period. And, yes. and, a, and a footballing identity. Like I think yeah, for sure. credit to Arsenal, Jonas Anavar has come in and tried to shake things up a little bit. Like under Joe Montemuro, there was a very clear identity. It was a lot of possession, keep the ball. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of penetration with the ball. It was patience mm. and then yes. explosive moments here and there. Whereas Jonas Anavar has changed things up and to, you know, to sympathise with them, that stuff is not, you're not going to be able to beat Barcelona overnight having had four months no. to change things up. So that is, no. like you say, a sign of well, when you've got a really long time to work with a fairly consistent group of players mm. to create an identity, to create a style of play um, yeah. and a versatility, then that's what you can, that's what you can, can I make say happen. with Jonas? Can I say with Jonas, especially after the, because Arsenal, you know, they must, obviously we would speak about like their, their win over Leicester, very poor Leicester side, but you know, they, they battered them. But with Jonas coming off of Chelsea, listen to him saying he takes that one on the chin um, because he's trying to maybe micro, go micromanaging in respects of trying to sort out the little things against Chelsea where I think that should just recognise that, yes, Chelsea are a very good side, a better side, if I'm being totally honest. And you should put them under more pressure, get closer, you know, make it a bit more difficult. Like we saw, honestly... I watched the Reading game and in the end, you literally, it's one of those games, Chelsea against Reading, where you then start to root for Reading. Because when you listen to her, to her interview, Kelly's uh, interview, she, she didn't even expect them to mm. get anything from Chelsea. But the way they were organised and defending, I think they had 32, 32 shots, four on target, Chelsea. And, you know, the way she organised the defence is what I was thinking. Arsenal should be able to train to that level so as you could go into a game against the Chelsea and say, right, this is what their strengths are. We're going to defend in these kind of numbers and then we're going to try and do this. 
rather than try to try to sit off them. Do you think Arsenal fans would expect that though? Do you, do you, like would they, would they wouldn't wouldn't they be frustrated? I know it's not all about the fans, but like as an Arsenal as an Arsenal fan as an Arsenal identity, mm. defending in numbers is just bizarre. Yeah, to but them, isn't it? I think that you say defending in numbers. I'm not saying like what we saw with Reading flow is that they just literally just packed yeah, the area. Yeah, yeah. You literally couldn't get the shots through. I'm saying Arsenal being more organised mm. in their defending and get closer to people. I'm not saying just get everybody back because obviously you've got to have a, a situation where you can break on Chelsea as well. Like we saw what Reading done and what we saw with Reading when they did break and um, scored that fantastic goal. So is good. You have, to, you have to have a go at Chelsea. It's like having a go at Man City. Mm. You know, yes, they can cause you unbelievable amount of problems but what she showed is she went right down the middle of Chelsea she no cut one straight through her. like a knife cut straight like a through, knife so through butter like, she was through it, 20, 23% possession mm. four shots one on target one mm-hmm. no win it's like Atletico ready that's Atletico ready <laughs> what, yeah, but what you got to look at that and see is whether they meant it or not and you can't tell me that Arsenal haven't got better attacking players mm. That yes, you can defend in numbers, but if you can get yourself in a situation where you look at our Chelsea got and they were open and let's face it, quite arrogant in the way that they were going at them. Because if you're that open, it's almost like no one knew what to do once she picked up the ball and ran at them. You, that's a weakness. Mm. That's yeah. a weakness. And this is all I'm saying with, with Arsenal, and I've kind of gone a long way around it with the FA Cup, is that you wanted to see more of a pattern towards it in respects of, how we're going to try and beat them. And then you see them get hammered there. They get hammered against Bar- um, Barcelona and then they beat Reading. You have to say the state of mind of the players at the moment must be, if I'm Viv, for instance, I'm starting to think about things in respects of like, where am I? Where's my team? Don't where do are that. we going? Don't do you know that. what I mean? What That's am I thinking? What am I don't. thinking? That? You can't, no, but right, you can't. No, I, you, I agree. You, you I agree. I, I think, think, I know, I know, I know, I think, I don't think she, she doesn't seem settled this season. She doesn't no, seem settled doesn't. this season. She doesn't. I think it's really interesting as well, because I think with, with Chelsea and, and Arsenal, because there is this gap when they play in Europe or at other points in, or, or they spend a lot of, of the time in games dominating, you could so easily lose your shape. And I think that's what mm. Arsenal did in the FA Cup final against Barcelona. After that first goal went in, they were pretty solid for the first 20 minutes. And Chelsea against Reading is, if you know coming into a game that you are going to have the ball basically 80% of the time, you are Mm. committing so many players forward that if you have to be so switched on to ensure that even if you lose possession, you still have your shape. Because otherwise, Mm. what happens to you is what Deanne Rose did and you just Mm go... Because you're on, you're on the, they're on the counter, and you've got mm. your back towards the goal, and you're just chasing. You're chasing. If you don't yeah. have that shape, you're chasing. And that was Arsenal the whole of the FA Cup final. Yes. They were chasing. Yes. Like it was just lose possession. One, two, three, four. Chelsea goal. And but then but against Barcelona, flow. It was just it's, you know it felt like. I remember I keep talking about when we lost nine nil to to Liverpool when I was at Palace you were literally in a daze as to what to do. You go over there, oh, they're over there now. You're like, it was just, you didn't know what to do. It was a totally different kind of dominance that Barcelona showed, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I think that what Barcelona are doing now is very similar to what Pep's Barcelona did in the men's game in the early 2010s or late 2000s in that the dominance has already began before a ball's been kicked. Mm -hmm. So much of it is mental now. And the same happened with Leon, I think, for a while. Like people just saw Leon's 
dominance. People are and, respectful as well. They're respectful and mm, fearful of them. Yeah, exactly. I think a little too much. Mm, totally. You're expected not to have the ball at all, that whenever you do, it's almost like panic because mm. it's like we have we to make this count right away. And and yeah. how many times did we see Arsenal struggle to put three passes together yeah, in that yeah. first, what, 60, 70 minutes? They had a 10, 15 minute spell in the second half Couldn't where it was it. like, oh, actually. When Manu Ubuchi came on, shock. Exactly. <laughs> Coincidence? Who, 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 Probably. Who played, maybe we can link that to this weekend because she, she, she played against Leicester. Yeah, she was Obviously immense. Leicester at bottom of, of the league. It's, and it's, it's the highest line know. I think I've ever seen in a football match, Leicester. <laughs> yeah. It Especially was just when ping you it, know ping it over. And you, you know something? It was quite. I was quite pleased for, to a certain extent for Nikita Paris because I'm, since she's been there, I'm, if I'm, I, I've not seen nowhere near enough of what she's capable of doing. And yes, Leicester are pointless, and you know they, they, their line was high, and they've got the new manager, and there's a lot going on there. But I think she needed that game, Nikita Paris. Hopefully, that will give her the kind of springboard to to kick into what player we we've signed and hopefully we've signed because she looked she looks like I've seen her when she when she started to really make some noise and do her stuff so from that point of view I was quite pleased but Mana Ibubushi I can't just again you think why isn't she starting that's what we need she has to be playing but Ryan was it you saying she is she's like Santi Cazorla for us she's Santi she's Santi Santi Ibubushi I mean just watch the video from from the Leicester game it's just like there was one pass that she, I would put it in the group. There's one pass that she made in this, this highlights video of someone cut together mm. of um, all the highlights from the Leicester game that will just not go, it will just go completely unnoticed. But actually from a technical level, it's wild. So like they're just, out, they're just outside the Leicester box mm-hmm. and the ball comes to her, towards her right foot. She's got the bat to the defender and she waits she puts her weight on her right foot, which mm-hmm. is her passing foot, which is something mm-hmm. people don't usually do. You usually mm-hmm. weights on your kind of like your standing foot and pops it back, completely wrong foots the defender. And it's actually, it's not, an, it's not a particularly easy thing to do in a match scenario because people- it's that low sense of gravity, do you think as well, should make her do that easier? It's just, it's just, uh, I think just the speed of thought and the yes, speed. Exactly the, and, is, and, she's yeah. one step ahead. You and can see it. And yeah. when the cogs are turning, she's always, yeah. she's like a chess player. She knows where she's going to go. That, that moment in that clips, the clip you sent Ryan, where she takes it past the, the left back and it's just touch. I know the space that I'm getting into. That's where mm. I'm going. I think hopefully that performance against Leicester is enough of a marker to say she needs to be starting now. She needs to start. And because what mm. happens is as well, Flo, from that point of view, if, if I'm playing in that team, if I'm Viv, um, I, genu- I, I want her playing because I know that she can find, it's like if I've got Burkamp behind me, I know that if I make the run, it's tight, she's tight, she'll get the ball to a place, she'll get it to me. She'll get it to me now. It's, it's very easy to say, I should build a team around her. It's no, no, you don't want to build a team around anyone. Simply, you want to build a team where once you get on the ball and you can get it to her, then people come alive, you know, yeah. because then you don't want it to be like, oh, everything goes through her. So let's stop everything going to her. The main thing with her for me is, is that they have to have a plan for when you get the ball and she's in space. You've got to try and utilise what she does. And the space so she f- opens up as well. Exactly. And the space she opens up. I think that's the thing. She, I think it's like, instead of everything going through her, it's that everything can go through her. Exactly. I think there's right. a big, big difference. And like, mm. she can drop into a deep left back, not quite a left back, but she can drop into like a deep left position, 
create an outlet for the left back. She can do the same with the centre backs. She can then do the same thing higher up the pitch. She's got great chemistry in, uh, with Viv. They're super close. Mm. And I think her in a midfield, she just, she's kind of like, you know, when you have like the square pegs in square holes kind of mm. thing. She's like any peg in any hole. Basically. <laughs> she can, she's like, she can mold into she's this, the whatever pegs. the scenario needs. Yeah, yeah. All the pegs, basically she, she can mold into any scenario, depending on where she is on the pitch and create a, and out like a, a problem solver. She's essentially she's, a problem solver anywhere she, on the pitch. Ryan, really. she's one of the players. It's like, if, if you go into the men's game as well, um, you know, when you watch Pogba and Ozil and players like that, like going way back, to like the Real Madrid Redondo and people oh. like Guti. You, know you have I mean? to drink when, every time there's a Redondo. Honestly, when you, you know, when every time they get the ball, it's even when they do it very easy, it just looks, be, it just looks great. Mm. It looks beautiful. It looks like, they're just, they're different, they're special. She's one of those players that, you know what I mean? When we go and you just say, like, I'm just going to watch her. It's just the way, she does a little run and then she gets the ball, bam, pops it off, bam, puts it around the corner, like clever, through the gaps. You know, it's just like, again, I can't wait to see that our, our team's going to evolve with her in it and hopefully Viv will hang around and who else they're going to add to that team. You know, obviously Leah coming back would be massive. But like Tobin I'm, Heath to be fit as Tobin, well. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just want to see where we're going to go and how we're going to end up because I can't stop thinking about Chelsea and Barcelona. How are we going to end up getting closer to them? Now, whether we're going to have the amount of the, the, our players, ma- woman for woman to match them up is going to be very difficult. But are we going to have the, um, the technical and the coaching capability of being able to, to compete with them? And I think that if that's going to happen, Viv has to be there. Mana has to be there. Leah has to be there. And I think we need a couple more, if I'm going to be totally mm. honest. I think d- defensively, defensively, I think there yeah. needs a lot more robustness because you've got, you've got brilliant players that want to push up the pitch. Kathleen McCabe, Noel Maritz. But defensively, n- now you realise that when Arsenal lose possession, actually they're really exposed. And with Leah Williamson yes. out, as, like centre-back is a massive issue. Lots of Moy look better against Leicester, but it's against Leicester. Like that's a hard marker. Mm. Um, Jen Beattie, no pace. So you need someone alongside her that has that and, and the experience though. So I think yeah. having those two games, Chelsea, then Barcelona, two of the um, Champions League finalists um, in, su- in such quick succession, it kind of gives you a, a real like fast forward into what we need to do. Because what you saw in those two games was a lot of frailties, um, mm. and I'm quite pleased. Like he said, he took the um, he took he took it on the chin for the Chelsea game. Not quite sure what more they could have done with a Barcelona team. That when I watched him, I was even thinking to myself, "What would I do to try and stop this team that are playing two touch so comfortable?" The movement up front was fucking immense. I mean, yeah, the two, Ballon, it's, honestly, the two top in the Ballon d'Or voting and then Lika Martin's got the golden woman oh my uh, God. or the golden ball, golden yes. ball, golden woman player. What is that? The, what is the golden ball woman? <laughs> golden the, woman. Golden you know what golden I really enjoyed ball. though? Like, <laughs> is that on... a fucking party? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a really bad like Marvel yeah. knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> Some dodgy comic book. You know what I really enjoyed about Thursday though was like, you know, people like, like Kano, like that mm. like icon of, of British music sitting behind me being like in awe of Barcelona and being like, what number yes. is, the, is the Ballon d'Or winner? And then I was telling yeah. him and he was like, wow, mm. wow. Yeah. We're like laughing mm-hmm. about how good, about how good she was. It's and brilliant. I was like, you know something? 
They was that they is, loved it that's, so that's much. That's special flow. to me. I love that moment. Yeah, it was like Rich. Rich loved it. His mum, like Kano's mum. It's just Kano's mum was saying they're very. It's just again, and this is why going to the ladies' games in the vibe, and obviously you know Adidas. Thank you very much. We love, love you for getting us in the box and that. But that vibe and the atmosphere. It's so like I say, we're getting hammered by Barcelona, but the fans can appreciate we're playing against the top end. It's, it's the way that the fans approach the mm. game. Mm. And I love it. And this is why I love going. And I, it's, saw, it's I the, saw a tweet actually from Anita, who uh, does a, a really good, she's a Chelsea fan, and she does a, mm. she does a really good podcast um, called Gold Diggers. And she was tweeting about, like, she hasn't been to a lot of women's games. And she was like, the, like, the atmosphere was so good. Especially, like, mm. if you're a fan who has maybe been a little bit intimidated about going to men's games and and that's put you off yeah. going to football, going to women's games is such, a, is such a nice sort of eye-opener to football. And I've taken so mm. many of my friends who've never been to a football match before to, like, an FA, Women's FA Cup final or another women's game. And they were like, this is amazing. I love football yeah. now. And it's such yes. a nice, mm. it's such a nice way to make people feel like... an introduction. Yeah, they can be part of this game too. Because... If you saw what happened in the Euros, you'd probably think football's not for me. I don't, I don't want mm. to be part of that. But yeah. I think it's a great way to be like, no, this, you know, you can be part of this game too. This, you're welcome in this space. And um, yeah, I think the vibes are really good on Thursday, regardless of the of the game. Saying that though, there was one point because where we were sat in the in the in the box, it's like if you're watching it on TV, it's the far side, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, TV cameras are set up. Right, he's obviously a big personality. <laughs> They're going to do that thing where they cut to him during the game. And he was getting so vexed that I was just like, right, you need to Please. start covering your mouth like when people cover your mouth. <laughs> you have to do what the footballers covered. I was getting so vexed. So even when I text Emma afterwards, after watching that game, I said, oh my God, Barcelona just feasted on us. Emma, she says, they feast on everyone. They are like rabid dogs. Mm. They That's are. exactly what they are. Anybody who comes into vicinity is going to get dealt with, right? And mm. I would. This is what I said to her. I just want to see that team after what happened to you guys last season playing against that Barcelona. As good as I've seen them live, is a game I want to see. You know what I mean? It's a game I want to see. But going back to me and watching football, any football I'm watching, I cannot help but going in. It's a deep dive. I see stuff and it just get, I just go straight to the to the to the to the primal person, the primal football person in me. <laughs> I go back to caveman. <laughs> <laughs> Wanna be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving. To your local store, like now. Go! If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. So, Flo, can we see your T-shirt, please? Because it's so appropriate. God save God him. Save God Raheem. save Raheem. He's got to get flowers, right? He's getting flowers. Big time. Um, he's got Big his 100 bunch. goals. Yeah, 100 goals in the Premier League. Um, how many games? 100 goals, 304 games. Second highest goal scorer under Pep after Aguero. That's um, mad. It's crazy, huh? It's crazy. And when we, uh, like, Roscoe um, showed me this quote, um, what he said, 
you know, he wanted when he played in that flow, he, what he wanted to do was um Megs and go past people and like when you grow up, everything, you know, being in the cage and the skills and dropping man and stuff. And he said there was a game against Southampton 2017 when he started to become obsessed with scoring goals. Obsessed. He wants his goals to now do the talking because it's something that I, I totally understand. It's, it's only when, when, I, when I left, I, I never saw myself as, um, I scored goals at Palace. I never saw myself, I was doing creative and doing skills and doing stuff and I scored my goals. But I didn't, I didn't have the, oh my God, I must score, I must score when I was at Palace. It's when I went to Arsenal and I was there as that person to score. And I remember it was the, the Southampton, my first get, my, was my, my first league game at Southampton when I was, instantly I, I realised when he says that, I understand totally what he's saying because I was obsessed because I got so many chances coming. You realise it's not about skills and beating. People don't remember the skills I've done. I've done a lot of skills. No one comes up to me and say, oh my God, the skills. Do you, do you like, think that's the nature of yeah, your I don't team? Remember your, I don't remember the skills. Sorry. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. YouTube didn't exist back then. So that's why. That's exactly. Why. That's they the couldn't reason. catch them all. Yeah, they couldn't catch them. Exactly. <laughs> it's like people send through the, um, when we beat Tottenham 3-1 and I made Clive Wilson kind of crawl and f- crawl one way and, oh, and no. went down on his hands and knees. We'll, we'll, we'll find the archives. We'll find the archives. Do you remember when you came back, uh, the second time you came on Stadio before we did Righty's House and we were talking about the FA Cup final? Right. And we were talking about how uh, we watched that FA Cup final that you were in against Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You got into that pocket just outside the box and played a through ball. And I was just like, what? number eight? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. is That's that Iniesta? <laughs> thank you, thank you. I've done some stuff. You- but it's forgotten. And this is what Ryan, this is what he's saying, Raheem. It's, that's not what's important. What's important is goals and what you, and, and scoring goals and winning go- winning games, scoring like, and I bet it's that goal. Remember that goal? It was the one where he curled it. Was it the one where he curled it in? Maybe that one, where he curled it in on the edge of the box when, it was, when the game was winding down. And it's the, it's the crowd, man. It's mm. what the crowd feel when you score that, the equalizing goal or the winning goal, and stuff. It's, it's you can't. I can't even replicate. I can't tell you what that feels like. I can't tell you. I'm sorry. I'll never forget the ghost goal he scored against Italy, and I did a knee slide in my friend's garden, and was like doing a whole lap, and then came back, and I was like, "What? It's not in. It, what the it hell? Didn't go, it didn't <laughs> go like, in. What the? Yeah, that went in, man. That went in. I swear to God, that went in. We're talking about somebody that's had a lot of pressure from a young age, even when he was at QPR. Mm. You know what I mean? And he went from QPR, obviously went to Liverpool, broke into Liverpool. We saw everything that happened with him at Liverpool. And for him to get to the levels, what he's got to, playing for England all those times, he's played Champions League final, he's played Euro finals, he's won the league and done everything at Manchester City. You know what I mean? He's got his 100 goals in the Premier League now. He's got to get flowers because we're talking about somebody who's under considerable amount of pressure. And he's dealt with that in an exemplary manner as well. You know, I, I can't tell you how proud I am of him, to be honest. He's done fantastically well. I did um, Brilliantly did well. a podcast with Carl over the summer. We did an England show for Athletic and both of us were were super emotional after doing, after the, the semi-final win over Denmark. And mm. we were so emotional because for both of us as massive football fans, growing up watching England, all we ever wanted was to see England in a final. And I will be eternally grateful for what Raheem Sterling gave me over the summer. I will never forget, I will never forget the joy that that man brought me in the summer. Just Mm. unbelievable, irresistible, 
like indescribable joy, just pure, pure joy and emotion and happiness. And I will never, I will be forever indebted to that man because of that, because I will always remember that summer and what he gave me and Carl and so many others. Raheem Sterling is the, for me, the first black English player in any tournament for England who's come out as the best player for us in that tournament, the most, the, the, the most valuable player in that tournament for us. And that again is very, as much as people saying, oh, here we go. No, it's not here we go. It's, it's important. It's vitally important because when you see that, it, it's not happened up until this point. You know what I mean? I remember the 2014 in Brazil, the pressure that was on him then mm. in 2014. He was so young then as well. 20, exactly. He was what, 20? Exactly. The pressure. And he's, he's here now, you know what I mean? And he's doing the business. He's, I don't know what's happened with him and Pep. It's, Pep seems to kind of like ostracise him for a while and they're not in and around it. But like, you don't hear nothing from Raheem. And I think that might now, be as yeah. well. No, you don't. You didn't hear like, I'm going here, I'm going there or whatever's happening. You just, he just stayed, stayed quiet, got on with doing what he's doing. Now he's back doing what he's doing. I think one of the most impressive things about the Euros was that before the Euros, he didn't have a no. particularly amazing mm-hmm. season no, for Man City. He, he and actually, if you're going to go, if you were, if you're going to go purely off form, I, th- I, th- I think we even said it on we said right it, house he before. might not start. We said he might not like, start. Like we would have, I would have gone purely on form from last season. I would have started Sancho. Sancho, yeah. And I, th- and I don't think that would have been a particularly controversial shout based no. on pure form. But I think mm. this is something that we saw through the tournament is that Gareth has to get lots of props for that yeah. as well. Right? Club form and how people gel in an international sense. You're building it's a side. It's not that easy, is so it? So you can't chop yeah. and change. It's not. It's, it's not true. as easy. Him as an individual, what he's emerged as in terms of like a spokesperson as well and yes. a lot of work that he does off the pitch, I just think for someone who has been so routinely just dragged through all forms of media in the UK and consistently bounced back, yeah. takes a lot, a hell of a lot of resilience yeah, that I don't think a lot of people have. He yeah, he changed the discourse totally. Absolutely. And I'll never forget the iconic quote about him banning his kid from watching Peppa Pig because <laughs> Peppa's... Oh. A sassy bitch. <laughs> he said. He said. It, he said true. he didn't want his son to watch Peppa Pig because Peppa Pig's rude to her parents and he doesn't like it. And it exactly. makes his kid yeah, rude. I, yeah, said this. I was like, you know that what? is I'm, true. Iconic parenting. Honestly, when you if you listen to it, when you see you guys, if you see my girls again, ask them. Just say is about Peppa Pig. The reason why I didn't like Peppa Pig right from the start because the girls used to watch when I was younger, and Peppa Pig with her little feistiness. <laughs> Would say, t- would tell her dad to shush, daddy, and t- talk to her dad like they're friends. I said, Nancy, we can't watch this. I said, I said we can't watch this. And George, you know, what I, mean? I said we can't watch this. She can't. Sh-. She's telling her dad to shush. That was the vision from Raheem. Raheem knew early on she, before. Yeah, but the before thing about it, the anti anti daddy pig agenda was like the dis- main discourse. <laughs> Raheem knew from early on the vision to be like, you know, we're going to snap out early no. because that's my vision. That's my. Now. That's who I know now. We will yeah. not be watching Pepper that. Peppa Pig's telling her dad to shush. Oh, wait, should, we, should we wrap on Raheem flowers? Yes. Give him loads and loads and loads of flowers. Loads of flowers because flowers I wanted to Raheem. move on. I wanted to move on for something from this game because we kind of didn't really do it on the Go on, um, Stadio. But Raul Jimenez's red card, <laughs> right? When it cuts to Pep and Pep's doing that weird, like inflatable, <laughs> you know this thing outside <laughs> like car showrooms? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pep was just like, whoa. This red card was probably my favourite red card for quite a while <laughs> because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> the fact that Raul Jimenez knew exactly what he was doing and then looked like he had been served the greatest injustice when the second yellow came out. Mm. But we got we got an email from someone because we'd kind of swerved it on, on Stadio. So yeah. if you don't mind, I'm going to read it. Go from on, Jonathan yeah, Ewing. Go, Go on, John. 
The title is Musa's Sending Off Fantasy. <laughs> right. So Musa's not here, so I'm definitely going to read it out. Is this some yeah. Stadio fanfic? Yeah. Jonathan says, just listen to the re-recorded episode about the Champions League redraw. I know you breezed through the Premier League results, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on Jimenez's sending off at the Etihad. Granted, it was at the wrong stadium in Manchester, but the scene reminded me of the time when Musa talked about his dream of getting sent off at Old Trafford. The energy <laughs> from the man was a sight to behold and it made me think of Musa. So I don't know if you remember this, but Musa was just no. like, oh yeah, get sent off. And it's just like, all eyes on me. And I'd be like, off down the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> main character energy. That's, that's what Musa is. Main character, main yeah. character energy, man. If, if there was anyone on Wright's house that would absolutely stand two yards away from a free kick getting taken and put his foot out, it's Musa. Yeah. It's Musa. It's absolutely Musa. And then he just, he, he'd turn up to five a side in a roll neck with no intention to play, but step on the pitch, <laughs> take a foot out and be like, whoopsie, see you later. That's me yeah. done. That's my oh. job done. Oh, do you know what I think you should do? I think you should book me twice. <laughs> I think you should book Musa, me twice. Musa, you could see you know, Musa's face getting sent. I could see Musa getting sent off, and people would love it. People would love it. Imagine, look, Musa, Musa doing the faux shock thing. <gasps> but, 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 Raheem, Raheem, I just want, I just want to say before, before we stop on Raheem, like, I hope that people never forget what he has done. I mean, I, like, as a QPR fan. Mm. He, even mm. him going to Liverpool was a huge moment because we need, we were desperate for cash. So like we made yeah. bark off his moves. So like mm. we'll be indebted to him in that way. But I hope people never forget what yeah. that man has done in football. You know, as an England fan, you can never forget the summer that just went, Under, but yeah. more broadly, like what a talent, what a player. And, and he's fulfilled it to a, to a certain extent flow, you know, because you can imagine, like I said, at the start, the pressure that was on him from a young age to become what he actually has become and, and beyond, people don't realise what comes with that kind of pressure, especially like we have to talk about the fact that he's a black player as well. He's, he's, he's done it. He's done it up to this point. We have to give him flowers. And he's somebody that he's going he's gonna to inspire a lot of people. He's, 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 he's a treasure, man. You know, he's a treasure. I don't want to say national treasure because it goes weird and that you say stuff like that. But like, He's, he's a treasure to what he's done for black players um, in this country, the way, the, the way he's dealt with everything. You know, if you're going to go to someone and say, how can I deal with it? Raheem Sterling is the one to go to. He's, the flowers can't be big. Enough. I, can't, I don't know if we've got enough flowers in the, in the store. I'll have to order them quick to get them out before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, thanks very much. What, you know something? You made me smile and oh. I knew it would happen. Oh, I'm glad you're all right, Maybe man. Smile. Thanks. Yeah, man, it's fine, man. It's all good stuff. You know, we've got a massive day on the 30th, but um, it's cool. But thanks for coming in, man. Thank thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having me. Take it easy, guys. I love you. See you later. Love you. Love you too, man. Love you. So thank you very much to Ryan Hine and Flo. Um, I'll see you again next week. Uh, got to say quickly here at this juncture, thank you everybody for your wonderful um, messages. Um, I really appreciate them all. It's been quite a difficult week, but you've made it a lot easier for me to take so but we'll see you again next week and we'll go again god bless whatever you're doing enjoy it